welcome to a brand new episode of Formula Pod. So today we are talking all about the Miami Grand Prix and it was grand on one end, but then it has also got in a good amount of criticisms as well. So today joining me in this episode is Mihir as usual. Hey guys, what's up? How are you guys doing? Really, really excited to talk about the Miami race that happened. What a race, buddies. Yeah, so Mihir, I think you need to stay a bit behind the mic because you're way too close. <laughs> okay, let's let's keep a safe distance though. And then finally, Jason made it back, but then he's a bit sick. But yeah, he is officially told, okay, I'm committed to this, so I'm coming. Right, Jason? Uh, I'm recovering like science. I'm recovering like science disappointment after the five seconds. I'm, I'm that sad right now. <laughs> Okay, let's we will really we'll really talk about all those things at length. We need to first talk about the spectacle which was shown during the Miami Grand Prix. Like drivers doing a ramp walk style of an entry with uh, Will I am uh, doing uh, as in say conducting uh, the orchestra. Like what was that? And I, like yeah, it was it, it was the first time for me seeing that on a Grand Prix uh, weekend, like right before the race starts. Like, it's just insane. Like, what do you guys think? Um, okay, so what I feel is it's a new thing. And I kind of like it. It's something very different. Um, it's like an, it's like IPL, you know, like how you do like all this, like music and this like grand opening. So it was a good change, uh, but I feel like it was a bit boring. So it's like the start of the race already. But um, I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but you know how like there were like smokers on each end and then every time the driver walked in, there was like smoke coming out from the side. The right side smoker stopped working. I know, I just, I'm just observant. So I was like, hey, that stopped working. And everyone's like, shut up, me here. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, but Flashy, wasn't it? It was a bit too much, in my opinion. But but it was cool. Again, it's cool. You know, it's something new, something that doesn't happen always. So it's nice to see. But but also then then why not do it at the other places as well? Why no fancy stuff anywhere else? You know, and just in Miami. But again, it's it's the money that comes in also. So. No, that okay. that's because Miami is a really it's a high place. You know, everyone's uh, really into Miami. Also because of you know, Fast and Furious, and like, Miami's basically like a party place, you know, and with Paul's, like, with Paul having, like, a really good, one of his really good movies there, people are always interested in Miami. That's what, that's my opinion. Like, yeah, because for me, when I saw, I was like, okay, this is, this is a pretty interesting take, uh, take though, with the entire race showing up, and like, drivers doing the walk and stuff, so, because anyways, drivers have, okay, people entering in the circuit, say, for, like, best dressers I would call this week was Lewis Hamilton and Nico Hulkenberg, so both of them were on their A-game when it came to dresses, uh, because Hamilton was actually, like, I, I would say, that guy was basically just <laughs> wearing different, different types of clothes uh, every single day when he's coming to the track. But Hamilton, uh, is, Hamilton is always on his A-game, isn't he? Weird? Always, his, his grip is insane, always. Like, true, I'm not, like, definitely. Uh, but then, when coming back to the entire orchestra and stuff, certain drivers didn't find it interesting. Or certain drivers were like, okay, I'm not here for a show, I'm rather here for a race. This is what George Russell said. And I'll give you another one. Max says, says this, Max is like, I prefer to just talk to my engineers, then put the helmet on and drive. 
I said, okay, fine. That's also understandable. Lando Norris was like, it's a business at the end of the day. So it's what we have got to do. No driver likes it. He's just like, okay, for the sake of it, we're just doing it. Otherwise we will not do this. Uh, Alonso was a little more, uh, I would say positive. He was just like, if we have to do it, we just have to remove some other stuff, which we do like parade lap or something. But for Lewis Hamilton, this was an entirely different situation. Lewis Hamilton was like, I thought it was cool. No issue for me. Because he, he has gone really happy this weekend though with all the meeting people and stuff and it was pretty interesting though honestly speaking if they are doing this for this they need to do it for everything for almost every race or in like some or the either way in it's either it's regional form or not but then again drivers would want again at the end of the day you need to also consider drivers comfort levels as well right so yeah i'm and pretty sure Seb is happy he retired i'm pretty sure he is because he doesn't have to deal with any of this <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah again as, as a driver it's it's nerve-wracking it's it's exciting and then you have to do all of this just before the race so i, I don't know how that makes sense also uh, no, but again but... each driver talks with it differently mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you Me can't just... actually no i agree with both of you guys honestly i mean you guys are stating all the points that i mean you and jason are talking literally taking words out of my mouth so i have nothing to add to that honestly okay but uh since we also ran out of words. We are rather going to go to something else which we actually observed. What was with us? That thing was lightning fast because it, it like it ended up catching pace very well. So based on all the race reports, what we saw after Red Bull, it was not Ferrari. It was Haas that ended up getting more advantage. Mm -hmm. Like you've seen, say Nico Hulkenberg put a pretty fantastic fight. Kevin Magnussen got qualified to P4, and like yeah, his fight with Charles Leclerc was what hell of a spectacle to watch. Like. I, I just don't know. Is it just like now we just are just calling them okay, the team down in the lower leagues and stuff? Like I do I feel I feel it's time for them to actually get a, a bit upgraded though in terms of status because they are they at the end of the day are as equal as McLaren's or Alpine's. Like Alpine's I would credit them because they put out a pretty good fight, but then not as well I'll not say not as the level of the top tire. Uh but I feel Haas actually should not be called anymore like the team on the back of the grid it should be something which could be put at least like on a mid-grid situation what do you guys think look it's i think it's all about luck and that day the luck was with haas haas is obviously is not as powerful as the other team but it's a driver that's matter that right now for sure i mean kevin is he's been driving for more than four or five years so he does know the track he knows what's about to Come, he knows what to expect, but the, the fact that he is there in P4 because of pure luck. And sometimes when you get this luck, you have to hold on to that and make sure that you make full use of it. And he did. So Haas is always going to be a very unpredictable team. There's also one of the reasons why. I mean, Ferrari's been pretty well with their engines. And Considering Ferrari, Haas have the same engine unit, I don't see why Haas can't upgrade themselves. So I'm not shocked at all. I'm shocked the fact that they came top five and Mercedes did not cop anything there. But it's again, it's pure luck. Jason, what do you think? Uh, isn't it easy to get high in Miami? Just asking. Maybe all of the Haas crew was high and something, something flipped in them and they went insane. Genuinely could be the case. But no, uh, both of those drivers have good experience. Uh, they're pretty good. So uh, they know what they're doing also. I would say it's it's not just luck. But it's also experience that, that adds to it as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe just getting things right. 
all of it just coming in together. It just could be that. True, true. This is the first time Kevin Magnuson out qualified Nico Hulkenberg, like on the qualifying sectors, even during the race also, because Hulkenberg's style of driving is a lot different. And I feel like, okay, he is pushing the Haas at its max pace. I'm not saying Kevin Magnussen isn't doing it, but then with Nico Hulkenberg driving before for uh, Renault, for Force India, um, I just feel like, okay, his driving style is a lot more different compared to what Kevin Magnussen's approach is when it comes to racing in. you guys agree on that? I think I agree with your statement Arjun but again I'm gonna stick to my statement luck really? yeah of course like good good for them that they're now seventh in this constructor standing which is a huge upgrade and then I mean Haas has come a long way Haas has come a very long way and they keep fighting and I love the way they keep pushing and even though after Nikita and the whole you know situation with Russia happened they took it in a positive way they reacted fast and they knew to keep the chins up to look up and to keep fighting because one day they will come P4 and that was one of the biggest achievements so far, I feel like. True. As in, cannot, cannot, cannot deny, deny that. And I feel it's the same way how those, the, the story of Aston Martin and Ferrari uh, and Mercedes are. The customer team ends up bringing in a pretty competitive fight to the constructor because what we saw was basically another replica of an Aston Martin versus Mercedes fight. But in a way, it's us versus Ferrari. Uh, so yeah, we, we, we just don't know. Uh, sorry, for, sorry for interrupt you, but let me just give a small reminder. Uh -huh. Yeah, Ferrari is still above us. So. Ferrari is still above us. I'm not, not, the, case with, not the case of Mercedes. Series, but yeah. See, I'm not see, but this for Aston Martin to get on front of Mercedes, it took them some time. But then in 2023, they nailed it very well. But then mm -hmm. my my thing is is that okay, it might be just starting right now. But then who knows by 2026 what happens? So that's there. I feel like okay, so this is my theory of all of this, and I feel like uh, I might be wrong, I might be right. When a team like Ferrari and Mercedes, they're known, they're known for winning, they're known for you know, doing outstanding things. So, considering this, I think we, we have an expectation from them and they are trying to exceed expectations. So, that pressure builds up. With Haas, with Austin Martin, they don't have any pressure. The brand awareness. So, they really invest their time. They want to be as big as Mercedes or Ferrari. And Ferrari and Mercedes are having this issue... I, f I feel they're having this issue where it's they know they need to do good. They, they have to do good. So I feel like they're forcefully, they're like, okay, we have to do good. Like, we need to do this right now. We need to fix our cars because the fans, our sponsorships, they're all going to, like, back out. But these teams who, pro like, who get engines from, you know, the main units like Mercedes and Ferrari, right? These guys are like, you know what? We need to show them how capable we are. So and that's why that's that that drive for to get to excel to be more powerful than the providers. It's something. It's it's a huge statement, and I feel like the teams are doing pretty well. Aston Martin, Haas. Honestly, if it's if the, if this is not luck and if this is too talented power, God be with them. Wow, that's a that's a pretty well curated statement down there put by me here. But like, yeah, definitely. Like, okay, fine for Aston Martin, right? They, they were having fans, of course, would say, okay, they were having Sebastian Vettel. So Sebastian Vettel fans were like, okay, we support Aston Martin. Now, whoever was Fernando Alonso fans, they're like, okay, we support Aston Martin. So they had all the legends in the car uh, driving in. So definitely it's more, it's, it's, it's more of like, say, those legendary fans did 
as it jumped teams and now with Aston Martin I think that that kind of supported them in terms of getting the car up to that kind of a way because it's at the end it's not only the craftsmanship it's also the attitude at the end of the day like how it kind of turns out to be but yeah yeah uh, it's i i feel we i need to give the space to jason right now like bro what do yeah, you think news made a, a good statement that it's it's the same with any other sport as well uh, i don't know if any of you are watching cricket at the moment there's ipl going on and, and i'm a fan of rcb obviously uh, so so over there we have all expectations on virat and then he's the band and people expect something out of him you know uh, mm-hmm. even if, if if he's there people know that okay we can expect something special and, and obviously when that doesn't happen it, it disappoints people and people are you know riled up more sad and just you know disappointed in general so i think it's the same with these big f1 teams as we said where people have expectations and and that just builds pressure pressure on all the team guys the, the people on the top just on everybody and and i think aston and haas with no pressure just a clear mind no expectations from people just performing in in a good space you know so so that that makes a difference also being in a good space or in a free space that that makes a big difference definitely 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 uh since you're talking about all the space let's actually talk about the space between both drivers like what was that like at a point before max was about to pit his first pit stop the gap between Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez was 18 seconds. Okay. Max got out of the pits and he was if I'm not wrong 1 and 1/2 seconds behind Sergio Perez. And then after that Alonso comes 20 seconds later. Are we act- okay, can we actually claim Red Bull as a rocket ship on the track? Yes. As much as I hate to say this, but I think Red Bull has not just it's not a rocket it's it's this season's um definition of a fast car and moreover i feel like red bull is going to excel more in the next few years of formula 1 racing there is something that other formula 1 teams are not doing using hearing that red bull has achieved yes they have engineers from honda who have come in and working for red bull but it cannot be that difficult maybe i'm I'm just a Formula 1 fan. So I have no rights to say if it's easy or not. But if Red Bull can pull this off with the amount of budgeting Mercedes, Ferrari have, I really think these guys should really pull this ox up and see what's going on. Because the only thing I hear from everyone is the aerodynamic, the powertrain, the drive shaft, right? You're telling me Max Verstappen, right? He went from P9 and after 15 laps he was in the top 3 positions. He isn't a rocket. He is not any he he's as talented as any other driver on that seat. It's the car that's fast and obviously the driving experience. Like definitely because as how you said with when Lewis Hamilton was given at a time a car which where he could connect very well, he performed well. I feel it is Max at this at this stage it is Max that is in the in the spotlight for doing that because he was given a car of that kind. So definitely I like from a satirical end I would call it a rocket ship, okay? From a satirical end, but then in reality, yes, it is the definition of what a uh, ideal fast Formula 1 car would look like. Definitely. Like Jason, your thoughts? Yeah, um, a good a good machine always needs the right person, and and Max is is the best person for that car. Uh, a McLaren fan, a friend of mine, a very close friend of mine. Uh, 
uh, over these few years, we, we argue on who's the best out of all of these guys, or the young ones. So we're talking about George, Max, Lando, and, and always we, there used to be George, you know, just, just pushing up there, and Charles as well, pushing up and, and being on that same level. But as time goes, it's, it's hard to say this, but, but Max is, is way, way clear of all of these guys. Because you, you can't just have a car and do that. It takes skill to do that, you know. Not everything is about the car. Even though they have a, a bullet or a rocket ship, uh, you need the right person and you need the right skill to make sure you win. So, yeah. True, true, true. So, since we're talking all about the teams and stuff, there is something which I would want to point out. So, yesterday, Alteen's boss blasted on the team's performance as amateurish at times. Okay. As in, Lauren Brossi, the team boss for Alteen was like, it's disappointing. It's actually bad he's just like a state of mind that is not up to this team's past standards like okay Renault as a team as in they have they they did produce some pretty good cars I'm not gonna deny that they did but then what happened right now I, I because I was a bit confused because Esteban Ocon has performed pretty well I cannot kind of deny that because he held the spot of P3 no if I'm not from P3 or P4 uh yeah P4 for like a good couple of laps and Pierre Gasly also was up on the fight but okay we don't we just we just i i just didn't know like how this guy ends up saying this i don't know is it because from the past week because at uh, australia both of them ended up knocking each other off so i'm 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 just a bit confused on that like what do you guys think is alpine not performing i don't think it's not performing i think it's i think the team moral obviously shoots down when you see your drivers not doing well in practice sessions and qualifying so you know you have a good car you know you have two very well experienced drivers so i think it's just the strategy of getting into their heads telling them look guys we're giving you a platform we're giving you everything that you need show us some improvement and we're not telling you to come p5 p4 p3 p2 we want we're telling you to just show some type of improvement so we know what to look forward for so out of frustration maybe he said a few things here and there but if i put my shoe if i if i put my foot in his shoe i would exactly do the same thing also this could also be a pr like uh more of like a give me attention kind of kind of a thing but at the end of the day if it's if this is not a marketing strategy to get alpine on the limelight i would absolutely do this i would talk to my drivers and be like listen we're giving everything you need a to z do something about it okay uh, who's, who's the team principal of alpine is it otmar otmar safner i've, I've never liked the guy uh, <laughs> Never. So are you telling this is the team principles problem? Uh, could be, could be. Again, he's responsible for the performance or, or for the drivers, of course. So if, if you don't know how to control your men and, and get the best out of them, then there's no point of being in that position. Uh, they should they should seriously consider getting Cyril back if, if he's going to come. Uh, you know, Cyril is a different breed. He, he fights for that team. He wants, he genuinely wants the team to do well. For me, Otmar is a guy who just takes a paycheck and he goes, okay, just go out, give your best. And that's about it. But but a team needs way more than that. It needs passion. It, it needs Cyril, I would say. If they do that change, then, then I, I believe you would see the massive difference in just a week time. That's that. Mm -hmm. uh, but also Esteban, a bit immature, in my opinion. But yeah, that's all. Uh, they should they should probably just have a look at the principle uh, and that should do yeah i think this is uh otmas afner's second year with alpine right and yeah like okay do you think okay now idly for them 
a French team, a French car, a French driver lineup. Now, do you think they're just short of a French team principle? Is that the case? So they can go all true blue French? That's why Cyril's there. Cyril's, Cyril's waiting in line. It's like, come on, I'm the one last piece that you need, so. But bro, Cyril is at the moment with Honda, sorry, not Honda, sorry, Hyundai Motorsport doing the uh, World Endurance Cups and stuff. And it's... Okay, if unless and until Hyundai decides to make an entry to Formula One, I don't think so because he just assumed the role very recently. Or like uh, Renault must be, or okay, let me not let me not call Renault. I'll call it Alpine. Alpine must be that much convincing enough, or on a larger paycheck to bring Cyril back, which they both can afford for for better performance. They both can easily afford. They can afford a higher paycheck. That's not a big deal. And then people love Cyril in general, so you want PR, there he is. It's, it's like a win-win situation. Uh, Otmar has been in, what, Aston Martin before, right? Yeah. His his career is like, it's, it's just spiraling downwards. No no offense or anything, but it's it's just a downward spiral at this point. There's there's no results coming in there. What's the point? Mm-hmm. You need results to sustain yourself, you need results. It's not that the car is bad, it's not that the drivers are bad. So what's the issue? True, of course. But as we even talk about all the driver situation, have you, I feel this race in this particular season has got some of the most awesome overtakes. Like, especially the uh, Leclerc-Hamilton overtake. Hamilton was just given a radio message saying that, okay, don't go, don't preserve your tires, rather go on full attack mode and kind of claim the position. That was on such a narrow opening. He managed to get past uh, Charles Leclerc and get it there. That was such an insane... That was such an insane overtake. And also the overtake of uh, Max Verstappen with uh, Charles Leclerc and Kevin Magnussen. Like, they both were fighting. And then Max just, like, swoops off onto the side with the DRS, hits on the throttle, and then gains on both. I feel there, there was some... Pretty good overtakes in this race. Like, what do you guys think? Yeah, I uh, Miami is the type of uh, race, I mean, racetrack where there's a lot of uh, overtakes, there's a lot of straight lines, there's a lot of opportunities for drivers who really want to extend their contract. <laughs> but look, I really feel that the Lewis Hamilton overtake was a piece of art to watch. It was not just graceful, it was as smooth as butter on a warm bread. He knew wow. what the turn was. He knew what the turn was. <laughs> he knew what to expect. He knew that he's going to take this turn. And that's what he did. He executed what he wanted. He was at the back end of the right and rear. He knew he was going to take a short turn to the left turn. He waited. He pulled the plug. He pressed the throttle and he went forward. And it was a beautiful overtake. And I remember when the they, they were replaying the whole overtake. And it was a piece of cake. So you really know Hamilton is experienced. You really know it's not Hamilton. It's the car that's the problem. Because Hamilton himself said, yeah, we have a few upgraded upgrading packages coming up for the next few races. I'm excited. Mercedes is not just saying things, they're actually proving things. And I see a small improvement. So, I know I'm, diver- I'm diverting the questions from overtaking and this, but I'll get back to overtaking now. A lot of good overtaking, a lot of good fighting as well. Miami is a potential place. And I think Miami is in the top five uh, racetracks I like. So... That's that's my answer. I know I, I didn't answer it properly, but this is what I wanted to say. Jason? Yeah, cool place. Cool place to race. Uh, good overtakes to see. Uh, not not in my top five, but, but maybe. 
maybe one day. But it's a cool track. I mean, I would genuinely like to be there. The atmosphere I know would be would be lit. So that's also just that whole vibe going around would be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, like for me, I was just a bit concerned about there were certain turns, like very slow corners, where sometimes the car can basically run over the curb with for like actually say like a point two or point three seconds of airtime and then it hits down. So I was a bit concerned for certain cars because Esteban Ocon had it, Lewis Hamilton had it, and oh okay, I'll not say Charles Leclerc because Charles Leclerc was the reason why qualifying had to end a minute and thirty before it was supposed to even end. Uh because Okay, that was or something else. Because certain certain drivers didn't find the actual grip on the track. Uh, but then bef- between the qualifying and the race, there was rains that kind of basically wiped off all the rubber on the track. So it was just very clean and new track. So again, strategies changed. Every, a, lo- a lot of things changed. And also it was like hard tires went for 45 laps. Max Verstappen was the last person on hards to pit. Like on the, on the first sets because it was no it was a one stop pit strategy over here because no safety cars which is genius of a move we, we, because I at least at least I thought of a virtual safety car it didn't happen and I'm kind of pretty pretty proud of that so hats off to all drivers who took their car they finished the race in one piece to like some okay have you guys seen that this one where George Russell and Carlos Sainz did the overtake and is like. That's how we roll. Yeah, I, I actually remember that. And that's 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 what I'm talking about. George Russell is the young Mercedes blood, like I said before. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a Lewis Hamilton on steroids. He's he has a charisma, the charm. He has the well, Max has Red Bull energy. George Russell has monster energy. So I think it's... And I think George Russell is really... He's showing that, listen, you could do all the fighting you want. I can do all the fighting we want. And I love the fact that I think... George Russell is keeping the, their fans and the Mercedes fans' hopes high. Like, look, this is how we roll. This is what Mercedes is talking about. So maybe it's a small trailer of what Mercedes actually wants us to see. And I can see a lot of improvements. I can see a lot of positivity. So what he said was absolutely amazing. And talking about the performance of George Russell and overtaking, I think George Russell is not just a good driver, but he's also understanding the characteristics of Mercedes and the car itself. He's getting comfortable. He's getting comfortable with his surroundings, with his cars, with his teammates, with Lewis Hamilton as well. There's not much fight going on between them, which I like because Lewis Hamilton is not in the right mind space to fight. But it's good to see that a younger driver who's just got into Mercedes showing, you know what, this is what Mercedes is about. Lewis Hamilton is in one place. He's making amazing overtakes, graceful ones. And there's this George Russell, you know, he's, he's amazing. He's, he's going for it. He's, Senna said this, if you don't go for gaps in the racing, in racing, you're not driving a Formula One car, which this applies to George Russell now. Jason? If, if you're any young guy and if you're into Formula One, I think the person you would want to be or want to be in a position is George Russell because he has everything. He has the team where he can succeed. His, his mindset is incredible. The support he has around him is, is also amazing. He has his family, his girlfriend, just, just everything going super well for him, which, which is nice. I'm, I'm very happy for him, actually, because he's worked hard at, at Williams and then, you know, now it's, it's all coming together, which is which is good. It's, it's pretty cool. The, Jason, the question was, what do you think about that over? Like, what do you think was Mercedes being cocky when they overtook him? 
what do you what do you think that whole situation was? The overtake was cool. I have nothing to say, bro. <laughs> don't don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't, don't, don't that was the most coldest response ever. Look at him. It was a cool overtake. I don't have nothing much to say about it. <laughs> Class. <laughs> No wow, this, this, this got really interesting. But like, yeah, I'm just going to come back to the last point before we kind of wind this off. I thought the driver of the day award should not go to Max. I don't think so. I really don't think. I feel that is not awarded to the right person because there were other people who recovered very well and made it to, to the top. They, they, I, 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 I feel they should be given this. As in Max... In 15 laps, bringing it back. As in, it's not a surprise that the dude has got an RB19, the fastest car on the grid. Like, okay, I agree, driver skills do is an important factor, but then I don't think Max actually deserves that. Like, what do you guys think? Who, who do you think, Arjun? Who do you think should have gotten this? Good question. So, I say, okay... Of course, on one end, I was like, okay, uh, Hamilton was something was someone who actually could have got it because of the amount of traffic he first encountered. Or say he was in that DRS train with, what, five cars having DRS of an equal amount. Uh, but then someone who actually, I thought, was, uh, how how can I say this, like, who could have got it, even could be either, either one of the Ferrari drivers, like Leclerc, most probably. Because, okay, wait, Leclerc started P7, right? Yeah, okay, sorry, not... Not, okay, not Leclerc, sorry, not Leclerc, for sure. Because <laughs> he started and ended in the exact same position. Yeah, I, I I would say either George Russell or Lewis Hamilton. Or it can even be Kevin Magnussen because he was also doing a phenomenal drive. Okay, so who, I mean, I would love to say, I would love to say Lewis and George. But I'm going to be honest, I'm going to be unbiased here for a second. I think that the driver of the day should go to either of these two people, right? Alonso for maintaining his position, for definitely fighting. Uh, he's uh, he's walking in the park. It's an easy task for him. He has a good car. He has experience. He has the confidence to overtake. He has nothing to lose. His whole environment right now is... I'm just going to do this for fun. And he was racing. He wasn't, he was focusing and he was racing. So Alonso is one of them. Second, I'll say Perez, for sure. Perez get a, did a very good fight with Max. We knew, okay, Max, he overtook, given. He went from P9 to P1. That's hard work of 15 laps that he did. Then it was a piece of cake. Checo, on the other hand, defended. He went, he was fighting. I don't know if you saw the last 20 laps of that race. Checo was really struggling to keep up with Max. He was trying to defend his place. He was like, no, this is my territory. Eventually, Max overtook him. But he fought. At one point, I thought that Red Bull's going to touch. It's going to be... That one particular lap where both cars came very close. It was just like almost a wheel-to-wheel -wheel action, right? Yeah, and I respect that. Honestly, this brought memories from when Ricardo and Max Verstappen crashed. Yeah, the... So uh, I like the one, right? Yeah, I love this kind of fights. Not not because I'm a Mercedes fan. It's because you would would you would want to see someone who is who is as cocky as Max Verstappen. I'm so sorry for the viewers who would disagree with me. But changing your your number from 33 to one just because you're number one champion is a cocky move. So yeah, that's that's my two drivers that I would uh, give the driver of the day to. Jason, please enlighten us. <laughs> I would be saying like you uh, on Alonso because it's not easy to defend. Uh, the way he defended was just, just crazy and to get P3 was also nice. So Alonso is, is the driver of the day for me. Yeah. Well, that's 
Okay, definitely then. Then according to Formula Pod team, Alonso should be driver of the day. According to F1, we don't care what's happening there. We don't care what Salesforce says. But according to us, it's Alonso. There, it's done there, period. That's what it is. But then, I don't know whether you guys have observed, Lewis Hamilton at certain instances struggled to overtake. Like, he was struggling so hard. Like, okay, I think the same thing I've also seen with Charles Leclerc, but then again, uh, Charles Leclerc didn't use his brain. I'm very sorry to say this, but then Charles Leclerc didn't use his brain at all. Like, I need um... to... I, I want Jason to kind of uh, say on this first. Let the Ferrari fan come in, into the picture. I agree with you. Charles didn't use his brain. And <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Bro. That's, like, I, I don't, I don't want to speak, but I don't know. Let's just leave it at that. I'm not going to okay. speak about this team. Arjun, can you, can you repeat the question, please? So I was just saying, like, at certain labs, you've seen Lewis Hamilton, as well as Charles Leclerc, struggle to do to complete the overtake. As in, they would be on the side, they would be inching close, but then it's just either the corner comes in and then they got like, stop. Because especially for, for Hamilton, the first few laps, he was struggling. It was just that due to pit stops, his position kind of shot up to the front. And then towards the end, after shifting on to medium tires only, he actually started racing a lot harder. This with, Whereas with Charles Leclerc, his drive was good. The car in front of him was on a very good defense. Have to give that. But then the, the the instance where Max overtook these both. Actually, if Charles did that, he could have avoided Max going in front and kind of reduced the speed of him reaching onto the top. Like, I personally feel that. Okay, so I'm going to answer this in a more critical manner. Okay. Look, there's a lot of wind. Uh, Mercedes was struggling with their right rear, both of them. Uh, George and Lewis on the right tire. There was some type of vibration that was coming in. Um, it wasn't the brakes. It was um, something to do with wind and temperature. Uh, so I think uh, that's one of the reasons why Mercedes were on their back foot because they were trying to struggle with stability that time. Uh, when it comes to Ferrari, I, I think uh, Ferrari is doing very well. It well, was doing very well. Uh, so I am... I really can't comment much on Ferrari because I was more into Mercedes. So I'm going to just talk about Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton felt... He felt not confident enough to actually push the car in the first three laps because of the vibration. The brakes were off as well. He said the car is... Uh, the brakes were off. There were some type of vibrations. And these things really put Lewis Hamilton off. And that's what I don't like about Lewis Hamilton as a Lewis Hamilton fan. Small things really affect him sometimes. Maybe that's the way he sounds, but he needs to he's stop. More from a silly way. He's very silly. Sorry? He's got very silly reasons to not perform. Are you saying that? No, I'm not saying that he's got silly reasons. I'm saying that he should stop noticing small things and making a big deal out of it. Okay, here's the vibrations. What do I do? Rather than, oh, uh, hey guys, there's a vibration. Okay, well, team, tell, tell the team, what do I do? I need to win. I'm pretty sure that's what it meant. Like, that's what it means. Like me, uh, like, yo, Arjun, I'm getting a vibration. So I want the team to respond back saying, okay, this is the thing. Maybe there is some internal communication going on. That's not, sh that's not been shown to us, but that shouldn't stop him from doing anything he wants. Of course, true. And I think these small factors really affect drivers like Lewis Hamilton. Because Lewis Hamilton was up in the winning sky. He was the number one driver for Mercedes and Formula One. He was the Michael Schumacher of Formula One till he was winning. 
Now people go like, oh yeah, do you watch Formula One? Oh yeah, I know Max. That's because he's become bad because of Red Bull. Because they're winning. And I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> of course, as a... I do have a good couple of friends who are not Red Bull fans and they're like, why can't a Red Bull just DNF? Literally, if they just DNF'd, they were like, okay, it would be such a pleasing thing or that'll be a treat to the eye if a Red Bull DNF or if uh, Max and Perez kind of did contact and then damaged each other. You know, it's like, okay, I'm not being cruel over here. It's just that certain people, okay, certain people say certain things. So I'm just kind of bringing in that onto perspective. Because at the moment, they're doing pretty well. And and like yesterday, uh, the Ferrari duo mentioned, they are, they are, they're starting to mention the difficulties they're, fe- they're feeling of the car. So Charles Leclerc was like, we have a car that is so incredibly difficult to be on the limits. Yeah, both, of, both of them said the same thing, actually. Both of them. I agree, yeah. you know, like Ferrari trying to fix something. They've, they've maybe reduced the quality of the car. Not maybe, they, they have for sure. Quality of the car has come down. Because I think, wasn't them actually bringing upgrades uh, to Miami? Right, right? If I'm not wrong. Yeah, but but look how the race went. Does it look like it? No. So I don't know what, feel... what, what, I don't know what upgrades were exactly, what's the word? <laughs> Effective. Okay. But, but yeah, they, they, they need to work more. Man. Okay. Finishing, what, fifth? and seventh yeah uh, that's not great for ferrari ferrari is, is, a, is a champion team you know anytime you think about f1 or about racing you think about a red car and it's a red ferrari always and now fifth and seventh it, it doesn't do justice okay me here look i think ferrari is really <laughs> it's sleeping if not sleeping they're not focusing in the right way i'm no i'm no team principal not a strategic manager or a professional but all i can say is and there's a good saying from Total Wolf, and I'm going to say it right now because I read about Mercedes a lot. And he said, a person can make mistakes, but cannot repeat the mistakes because you learn from what you do. And this is what applies to Ferrari right now. I don't think I don't think Ferrari is really focusing on improving. I think they're focusing on how do I win? And they're losing the part of how can they win? If you focus on winning and not how you can win, I think that's a perspective that Ferrari needs to look into. But obviously, I'm pretty sure they are. They're just struggling with a few things and points here and there, but that's about it. I think I can't talk much about Ferrari. Not I want to give any comments because I don't support them. But for sure, Ferrari needs to pull the socks off. Yeah, it's it's only a matter of time to be fair. But you know, it's, it's the whole thing that it's been going on for a few years now, and maybe maybe they just need a, a complete rebuild of of the structure of the team. They have good drivers, but what's the point of having those two if you can't? put them in a good machine or a machine that's that's able to win true true definitely true anyways i know we've been talking for a good hour or so now so gotta wind this up thank you so much for everyone listening on to formula pod if you got any feedback any suggestions for us please do feel free to write to us on formula.pod on instagram like send us a message we got a public account there so you can send us a message uh, all responses will be taken in, like all constructive criticism, whatever is there. We'll take that aid and kind of try to improve just so that we kind of would want to give you the best content possible. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. So, until next time, this is myself, Arjun, and the entire team of Formula Pod. Run, oh, how I'll say this in the in the most F1 way. Uh, okay, from the entire team of Formula Pod, we are waving the check-in flag and we are ending this entire thing. Thank you so much. Good night.